Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. And good morning, this is Annie here, the <laughs> Not That Quiet, I'll have to bring it back up. We're showreel here on 3CR, looking at uh, Australian film and people who work in the uh, film industry and uh, any other kind of uh, moving image uh, exploration, uh, that anything like that gives me a thrill and hopefully it gives you a thrill too. Now we're uh, over the last week and uh, this week and next week we're going to promote some of the uh, films uh, and filmmakers that are part of the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. It's uh, a festival that runs on Saturday the 9th, 10th and the 11th of July at the Howler uh, art space at 7 to 11 Dawson Street, Brunswick. And uh, the, ch- the the tickets are um, are great. I'll just open it up and I'll be able to make sure that I can tell you. There's lots of things like um, uh, f- for all sessions, $60 now. And everything else is below that. So this is the only competition documentary uh, festival in Australia and it's in its inaugural year so therefore it's an exciting event. It uh, Each day the screenings start at 12 and in the afternoon and then go to 12 in the evening. So it's a nice little box set if you could uh, get yourself organised for a three-day film festival that uh, includes uh, documentaries from Australia as well as overseas. There's 18 different prize categories. I've focused, of course, on Australian filmmakers and had a delightful time talking to some people about their films. Now, the one that we're talking to about today is called Coffee Man, and uh, it's... uh, It's about an hour and ten minutes. It's quite a long uh, documentary, really. Uh, It's by directed by Jeff Han, and uh, the producer is Roland Favall. But I'll let them talk talk you through it. In the studio today, we've got the makers, uh, the director, and the uh, producer of a wonderful documentary called The coffee man so we'll first uh, talk to Jeff the director how did you get involved in making this film so I actually um, came up with this idea when I met Sasha the star of the film Uh, and is he a star (laughs) he is Uh, and it was through my brother-in-law I actually was having coffee with my brother-in-law in Canberra and I met Sasha and I was getting into documentary film at the time and then he sort of introduced us together and 
it sort of went from there. So what is your background in making film? So I've been making films for about five years. Uh, music videos is sort of where it all started for me. I went to SAE Institute in South Melbourne and that's where I sort of learnt more skills. But I did really volunteer a lot with a lot of different people and just, just networking and, and meeting a lot of people in Melbourne and getting involved, buying a camera, using it as much as I could. Mm. So you've got your own camera? Yes. Yes, this is the beauty of the digital age, isn't it? It is. It's very handy to have your own camera in the digital age. What is it? Uh, it's a, a Sony A7S, it's called. I've got two, we've got two of them that we used for this film. So, Roland, how did you get involved? Well, I've known Jeff for many years. Uh, we've been friends for, oh, jeez, long time. We met back 15 in, years? Yeah, we met back in high school. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we we've we kind of worked on a few projects together, um, a few little, again, as you said, um, music uh, music film clips and such. And, yeah, he went up to Canberra and came back and called me up and said, hey, I just met this uh, this mad Serbian guy that does coffee and flies around the world. I He's think we should Bosnian. Bosnian. My bad. I should probably know that by now, shouldn't I? <laughs> Well, yeah, Bosnia. Mum's Bosnian side, Dad's Serbian side. There you so, go. so it's both half it, and yeah. half. Thanks for saving me there, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he called me up and said, "Hey, I think I've got the project that um, you know we'd been looking for something for probably more than a year, really, wasn't it? Yeah, a while that we were you know really looking for a project to work on. And when you say yeah. that, uh, you needed one that was you ne- you were looking for a story. Essentially, yeah, we were looking we were looking for a story that you know. We thought we could tell, and um, and we thought we could tell, uh, yeah, Sasha's story. Originally, actually, it wasn't going to be a film about him, and and Sasha himself was, he was very keen for it to not, you know, be have him be the star of the film. It was going to be a film about coffee and direct trade, and and um, you know how those kind of issues. You know, the the whole thing that the, the, the trend in Australia, this, you know, kind of um, farm to plate kind of concept, you know, where where is what we're eating, drinking actually coming from? Um, and so that story we, we found quite interesting. And then, you know, as documentary films have a habit of doing, as we went along the journey, the story took on a life of its own and, and led us to where where we needed to go. Before we get on to that, Roland, you're, you're called the producer, right? The yes. Now, technically speaking, a producer is a person who goes and finds money. Yes. But you did that, clearly. <laughs> where, did, where did you get your money from? Uh, so we, we were very lucky uh, in that the film has been entirely sponsored from within the coffee industry. They uh, wanted so this story to be told. They did. They wanted it to be told. And Sasha is... As a person and as a character, he he has this he has this ability to uh, create community around him. He it's, sure does. He's it's that kind of intangible thing. And even in in the story, you know, in, in the film, he talks about when he was a kid. He kind of had his little gang running around the streets playing sport, and like he was the leader. And he's kind of created that in his company and just in his within the coffee industry. Oh, and even in his family. Absolutely. It's quite clear he's a, he's a flame. Absolutely, the, the absolutely. Group. And people gravitate towards that. And so the fact that he... And he's kind too. I mean, he's not yeah. an unpleasant person. No, he's kind and he's, he's caring. I mean, and, you know, he took a chance on us. We were two, you know, mostly unproven young lads he'd never met before from Melbourne who came up to Canberra and, you know, pitched him this idea to make a film. And he was like, okay, sure. So yeah, so we we managed to get funding from within the coffee industry from private uh, companies, and 
luckily managed to do that without having to give up really any kind of executive producer um, roles or, or oversight. Which um, so we've been yeah so we've been very lucky in that sense. Now you got the money, mm-hmm. but obviously you did other things as well. What else did you do? Just me? <laughs> yeah, um, just you. I mean, technically speaking. No, well, look, people- no, no. It's it's. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It's a good question. I had before this job, before this project, before this film, I had never picked up a camera before. Um, so I now uh, am, I don't know. You, you'll be able to tell me, Jeff, but I think vaguely competent. Uh, a bunch of my shots made it in the in the yes, film, which is, is cool. Um, I was also the sound man. Um, you know, lighting. I mean, everything. You know, we were joking that if we were to actually credit each of the roles that we played, we'd probably have, you know, a minute of the credits just with our names each, you know. So this is a wide-ranging film, and it's quite a long film in the sense of a documentary, but I'm not saying that I found it boring. I, it's just that the other films I got to see were about 50 minutes, right? So yours is an hour and 30, which is an ambitious sort of a, th- uh, a length of time, but you quite definitely needed that amount of time to tell the story because it obviously did grow bigger than Ben-Hur in the sense that they then go on to the barista competition, which is in in itself intrinsically interesting. But before you do that, you actually travel. You follow, you follow his nose, Sasha's nose, which is to go to the actual countries of production and explains to all of us using his wonderful daughter to actually explain how it's how it works. So you go and film. How big a crew did you have? It was just the two of us. So, I mean, in these situations, ideally you want, you know, four or five people to crew. You want camera operators to make sure that you're getting coverage. But in the situations we had, I mean, you know, in Ethiopia, Colombia and, and Honduras, it was just the two of us. So we really had to, you know, we'd, we'd have situations where we'd arrive at a farm, a coffee farm, and we'd have 20 minutes and there's two of us and we had to get, you know, we had to get shots, we had to get interviews, we had to get, we had like a bucket list of things we had to tick off and having only two of us, it was, it was tricky. We were, we were on so, our feet a lot. And, and nobody stopped their life for you to do the shots. You actually had to get it to happen, did you? Yeah, I mean, essentially we, this, this, this was an observational documentary. Uh, when when we were filming it, it was always about being a fly on the wall and really just uh, showing, uh, capturing moments as they happened. And Sasha tends to be in good situations where interesting things happen and you can capture these moments. So it was always about having... Well, he's not a boring man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there was always, it was always being a fly on the wall and, and capturing as much as we could. However, being only two of us um, does make that tricky especially when we, then we wanted to get interviews with, with key people, you know, in like farmers in, in Ethiopia or, or Colombia or Honduras. But that didn't happen, did it? Um, well, we, we, we managed to get everything we needed. So you've got more than one film well, in the stuff that you shot. <laughs> I mean... There's a lot. Oh. I mean, what did we end up with, over 100 hours, I think? Yeah, we, we ended up with about yeah over 100 hours of footage. I mean, the World Barista Championships, as an example, was good because we had... We, we, we connected with the World Coffee Events there who, who put on the actual event and they film and broadcast that live. So you can, you can stream and actually watch the event live and they'll have five cameras set up, which meant we could use that, which was great and the sound. for the film. And the sound as well. So that was great. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so the you had a hundred um, hours. Hours, yes. <laughs> lots of hours. hard drives. Yeah, lots of hard drives. <laughs> uh, did you have a script? 
Mm, well, we, okay, going, going into the editing phase of the film, uh, we did have a you script. You created a script yeah. after you shot it. Yes. 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 Be- because the, the, the story really changed dramatically. After- what did you think you were doing? You thought, uh, you said, uh, Roland said, you, you thought you were th- doing a thing about fair trade and all the rest of it. Yeah. But actually, really, you needed a vehicle. You needed a character. Mm-hmm. Film's all about emotion. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Exactly, yeah. And... and after spending, it was actually after the Ethiopia trip. So the Ethiopia trip was the first that was great. trip that we did with Sasha. And and from that, he was like, okay, we're actually going to go. I'm actually competing now in the Australian barista competition. And we were both like, what is this barista what competition? What is it? And he's like, well, how <laughs> about you man? come along? It's in Melbourne. How about you come along? I had heard of it, I'll have to say, but I didn't know people were that into it. No, yeah, I'd, I'd, well, we didn't I'd, either. I'd, I'd never heard a thing about it. We went along to the Melbourne, which was the Australian Championships, thinking – this will be a fun little maybe like oh, uh, no. a little detour, you know, in the film. Maybe this will help to kind of uh, highlight one of the quirkier aspects of this world of specialty coffee that we kind of wanted to investigate. And obviously, yes, that... Uh, it's bigger than Ben Hur. Exactly. Mm. As I said, you know, you kind of go down that rabbit hole and you've got to, you've got to follow where it leads. So, we, you know, we followed the story. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival features an array of Australian, international, environmental and music documentaries direct from the likes of the South by Southwest Film Festival in Texas. Playing at Howler Art Space in Brunswick from July 9th to the 11th, tickets are on sale now at Moshtix and Howler. For more information, visit mdff.org.au. A 3CR supporter. And you're with Annie on Showreel, and we're talking to a couple of characters who uh, made a film that's on. It's on Saturday at 6 o'clock at Howler during the uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. It's called Coffee Man, and we're talking to Jeff Hand, the director, and Roland Faval, who, well, it was a two-man crew, really, so (laughs) to call them director and producer is probably... They probably did quite a few things on the way to making this very interesting film, and it was. It was very diverting, and with lots of elements in it. So uh, it's about a fellow called Sasha who is an absolute coffee aficionado. But he didn't start that way, and that's why it's a really interesting film. And it says that uh, they go to the actual source countries, and it's really interesting to see a place like Ethiopia, uh, Honduras. Uh, and uh, one of the other countries, Colombia, which in a in a frame of business and real life, rather than uh, we see it usually in newsreels as uh, war torn uh, environments. But anyway, let's hear the rest of what uh, Jeff and uh, Roland have to say. It changed, yeah. and it was really after seeing him at the Australian Barista Championship that it was like this is now a character-based story, and it's it's a it's a human story rather than telling a story of the coffee world of direct trade coffee. It's telling a story of a human who's kind of you know never giving up, always going to strive to be the best and get what he wants. It's not that you uh, leave the coffee element uh, uh, behind, I'll have to say. I learned an awful lot about coffee, um, which was very interesting. Uh, also, if you had gone the other way, you would have had to have spent more time on graphics and thinking about how you're going to tell the story through that kind of element. Uh, you, the little graphics you did use, though, were very cute. How did you get those? 
The one about the aeroplane and the um, mm-hmm. and the arrow that was cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we worked with um, a local uh, production house, Monster and Bear. Um, they they helped us with all the the animations, and I guess the idea came originally again from from our first thoughts of how those animations would work. They transformed a lot, as with everything else in the film. You know, at one point in time, because I kind of appear in the film. Um, <laughs> at one point, um, we were thinking that maybe I would act as a host and kind of break down that fourth wall. And then, but again, as the story developed, it's like, no, that that's not really appropriate. So uh, we ended up using, uh, Sasha's daughter, Anna for the voiceovers. Originally I was just going to do the voiceovers. Um, but it just, it didn't seem to work. And the whole, I guess the whole point of these little animations, these graphics is to get a quick little info dump onto so people can you know don't have to spend half an hour really nerding out on coffee um you know we we asked Sasha, i mean i, w- I was uh, blown away by the cupping <clears throat> mm. i always thought cupping exactly. was a vietnamese <laughs> health treatment <laughs> exactly so you know i think that the animations to a certain extent was a way to circumnavigate coffee people's inability to give information succinctly like we asked sasha you know what is cupping about seven times and you know we asked him to explain the process of the life of a coffee you know a coffee bean from the tree to the cup and the different and processes it, exactly and every time after about 15 minutes we'd wake up you know from <laughs> it's just like this isn't going to work so but you need some of that information to understand his story and to understand the processes that he's gone through so and why he's so interested exactly mm, exactly. exactly so we, so i think we we settled on these animations as yeah a playful way to download information that was required without you know having putting people to sleep for 15 minutes and i think hopefully and and using anna as the storyteller i think helped to just lighten it and um make it a bit fun and silly and yeah, yeah. well since you did use anna <clears throat> did that mean that you then necessarily needed to interview her uh, so that she became a character in the plot so she was actually a character before we decided to oh, use right. her to do the voice. Because that was a very nice little crossover. Mm. I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, we spent um, many, many weekends in Canberra interviewing Sasha and spending time with the family, with the with Sasha's family. So, yeah, we, we did an interview with, with Anna and it was a fantastic interview. And it was like, she needs to, we need her in the film. Like, she was great. And then the idea came later after that, oh, how about... Anna, you know, she's got, she speaks really well and succinctly, and maybe we can use her as the voiceover. So then we gave it a go, and it worked, and we yeah. went with it. So there's a really lot of stuff, uh, different parts to this film. Uh, so the first part where you've got the stuff about his family and his history, you would have had to have worked out how you're going to tell that bit, and then uh, the next sequence, you would have had to each of these different sequences. How did the editing go? It must have been really a tough job. Yeah, it, it it was a very very busy few months. So I I worked um, closely with Tony Stevens, who's a who's a yeah. very good editor and very, very um and a wonderful man. Wonderful man. He's <laughs> quiet. He's got thirty five years of experience. I was going to say on he's films. a he's a um, well known. Yeah, he's very well known and absolutely amazing to work with. And and he really uh, helped me to pull apart the script and and put it back together again. So we. So tell me about that. Um, well, it was really just going through 
having this having the story so you know how do we tell this story um from start to finish in an engaging way but also not overcomplicating it because there was a lot there so we really had to we started with um i guess you know twice as much as what we ended up with so we just chucked out all chucked in all the good scenes and all all the parts and then sort of put it in in a in an order of okay how do we how do we tell this story um and end up at the at the World Barista Championships because that really was always going to be the end. Going to be the ending, mm-hmm. I think the triumphant ending. The way you guys worked it was almost like kind of fitting a puzzle together, right? We you had yeah. all the individual pieces in the individual scenes and sequences, and then it was about how do we you know combine these to tell the story in the best way. Yeah, it was combining but also condensing them. So a lot of stuff got binned. But we we had um, we had cards, so we had uh, I'd have s- sequence cards written up. And then I'd put them up on the wall and actually just shuffle them around to see which one would fit after the other. And um, from doing that for a while, we, we, we worked out the best way to tell the story. And then... Did you have themes? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. We wanted to spend as much time through the, the Sasha's journey. Uh, and then it was really, yeah, I guess I guess telling... That, like the backstory, we wanted the backstory of Sasha um, growing up in in Yugoslavia and and immigrating to Australia. We knew that was going to be a strong part of of the story, which we needed to have towards the start of the film. So, there were, was... were there things that you really loved that you had to get rid of? Yes. Yeah. yeah no, it's not awful. That's yeah. It's just it's just the way it is. Yeah. It yeah. always. I think it always happens though, doesn't it? That you, you're stuck with this stuff, and it's like. We have to cut it, <laughs> and yeah. you get so attached. You get so attached to the scene. Um, you know, it's just it's sort of just what happens. You guys started as relatively just interested people, who were you know inexorably getting to your uh, aim, which was to become documentary filmmakers. You must have done a big leap in your professional skills by this stage. In yeah, this. look, it's been a huge learning curve for us. Um, in the sense that we've just we've taken on a lot with this project in the last eighteen months, and we've learnt a lot. But Do you, you know, still love it. Oh yeah, we, looking back at what we have now, this finished film, like we're both very proud of of the end product. And you know, it's not just us. Like this, we've we've had a lot of help from the outside, just really good people mm. that put their hands up and wanted to be involved, that we could talk to, that could mentor us, that could you know just. So it's it's been great. Yeah. Now, now the thing is that uh, I'm talking to you about this film because it's going to be screening at the Melbourne International Documentary Film Co- uh, Festival, right? Yes. And uh, but you have taken it into your own hands and come up with a, a a wonderful way of actually getting your product out. So, what as we speak, you're ready for the film launch in Sydney and in other. So tell us about this. Sure, I'll get rolling. To I do should that. probably talk about that, shouldn't <laughs> I? Um, look again. Uh, the release and distribution plan has—I uh, wouldn't say mutated. Let's say evolved. That's that's <laughs> that's a more elegant <laughs> phrase, isn't it? That's uh, more positive. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. We always wanted to uh, distribute it ourselves, and again, we were very lucky in that we felt we had this uh, ready-made and worldwide, most importantly, community in the specialty coffee industry. It's very there's lots of addicts out there. There's a lot of addicts out there, and the the people that really work in the industry. It's a, it's an interesting one in that it's because it's so young and so new. It's um, 
it's still quite together and everyone's sharing and everyone's kind of playing nice. Um, I mean, you know, there's exceptions and there's politics and so on. Uh, well, there's a lot of money involved in this. Exactly, exactly. But, um, yeah, so, so we felt that we really had a really strong um, foundation to, you know, distribute the film ourselves. So we, uh, we got on board with Tug. Uh, now, it's T-U-G-G. They're a great new uh, distribution platform. Uh, within Australia, started in the States and now it's in Australia. And so it's basically uh, one-off event-based screenings in cinemas and it's kind of crowdsourced, you know, is there's no... People ask for you to come. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, anyone in the community can say, oh, I like this film. I think I know a lot of people that will want to watch it. Um, You know, they go to Tug, they set up a screening, no costs up front. As long as you sell a minimum amount of seats, it happens. If you don't sell those seats, it doesn't happen and maybe try again in a, in a month or two. Um, but, yeah, we've had a lot of success uh, and working with them to, um, you know, we've got, uh, sh- what are we up to now, like 11, 12 screenings around Australia. Um, most of them are confirmed at this point, which is fantastic. So, um, And then, I guess, obviously, we live in a digital age and online sales is going to be, hopefully... Uh, we hope, a big part of how we distribute the film internationally. Um, like, but you're going on to Asia. You're doing a mini festival hop. A- absolutely we are. So we, we've been working, again, going through the, the networks of coffee people around the world. We currently have screenings in uh, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, China, Czech Republic, Sweden, France, the UK, uh, the States, um, Lithuania, Serbia, um, so and with more and more coming on board every day. So we really wanted to have that kind of event-based screening as the foundation and then for the online sales to kind of come after we create that hype around the world. Um, and so far, things are going to plan. Um, That's fantastic, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a decision you we made. You, you don't have to subtitle any of this? Yes. yes, we do. <laughs> I've, I've been doing oh, a lot of that. subtitles. Um, that's a fun game we're playing at the moment. Um, yeah, look, we, the decision we made to, to release it in this way, it's meant that the festival circuit is mostly uh, off the cards because, you know, uh, online, once it's out there, you know, a lot of festivals won't touch it, which is why it's so great to be involved with the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. It's a real, um, it's a really great chance for us to, you know, show it in that uh, in that setting. And especially in our hometown as well. Yeah, absolutely. But we just felt like, given the opportunity that we have, and we've seen other independent films around the world use similar structures to distribute, and yeah, it seemed like that kind of hybrid event screening online kind of platform is is one that kind of fits with how people are consuming you know film these days mm. and, and the nature of the film absolutely absolutely mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah do you recognize roland from the film <laughs> i don't actually so he's the milk mule <laughs> oh the milk mule that's right yes so yes. roland ended up being a character in the film which was not planned at all not at all however sasha was adamant that he had yeah. to smuggle this Australian milk from Australia to to the US and then asked Roland to fly a couple of days later after us. I wasn't a big fan of it. <laughs> no, I wasn't a big fan of the idea. Because you were a bit worried that they'd send you back. Well, or tip that, it out. yes, there's that. <laughs> and also just, you know, we're only a two-man crew. crew. So, yeah, you know, that's right. we're cutting the crew in half for, for a couple of days of filming. He was adamant that he wanted his Australian milk. You know, I mean, the, the art of coffee roasting is such, uh, you know, three-part science 
you know, yeah. one part artistry. Cause and hold, it, you hold the tongue. Absolutely, you know, and, and they roast for very specific characteristics in the coffee and, and the way that interacts with milk is, again, very, uh, yeah, amazingly crucial. So, uh, again, I think it, it's a testament to Sasha's character in that he, he doesn't care what it takes. He knows what he needs to do and he will go that, not even one step, more like, you know, oh. 13 steps further than, than, you know, the person next to him. And he'll just, he's just dogged. He's just absolutely one-eyed when he, you know, when he's, when he has a goal in mind and he, he thinks he, you know, he knows what he needs to do. He will, uh, he'll do it or he'll make someone else do it for, <laughs> do it for him in this case. Yep, that's right. Well, yes. thank you very much for coming in and telling us about your film. It, it's, it was a joy to watch, I'll have to say. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you very much. And that was the uh, makers of Coffee Man, uh, Jeff Han and uh, Roland Favall. And their film, Coffee Man, is going to be on at the uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival on Saturday, the 9th of July at uh, Howler Artspace. That's 7 to 11 Dawson Street, Brunswick, uh, at 6 o'clock. So there's a whole uh, lot of different films to be seen, uh, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. So go to... uh, www.moshticks.com.au and see if you can get yourself a ticket to one of the premier film events in Melbourne. I'm going away now and coming up next is Published or Not. We're going to go out with Sincerely Grizzly. There's beauty in the Discord. You've just been listening to a podcast produced at 3CR Community Radio. 2016 marks 40 years that 3CR has been bringing you independent community voices and we're asking you, our listeners, to keep us going for another 40 years by donating to our Radical Radiothon. This year, we need to make $220,000. So any amount you can afford makes a big difference. Call us on 03... 9419 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for supporting Community Radio.